All right, good morning. Welcome to the well. If you're a guest with us, my name is Al. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, we are in the great book of 1 Corinthians. We've been journeying through it for most of the year. We took a break through the summer, but we're in chapter 12. We're going to spend a few, several weeks in chapter 12. We're looking at the different spiritual gifts. And so uh, I don't have a lot of time to unpack uh, everything on spiritual gifts. So we're taking a little bit of time each week or a whole sermon each week to look at various gifts. But the big idea here as we as we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is that uh, the purpose of these gifts are to point us to Jesus. Like the point of the gifts that God has given his church is the point to Jesus. That is the big idea behind the gifts. And so we talked about it last week. We do believe in spiritual gifts. And so as we go through the different spiritual gifts that are that are seen in the scripture, we're going to we're going to talk about them. I'm also going to talk about maybe ways that we've seen, maybe you've seen uh, the gifts used in a uh, maybe a, a weird way or a not so biblical way. And so we our idea is to, to not knock other things, but to to be clear and focused on what God's word says, and then we submit to this. That's the. This is where we get to take our cues. It's from God's word, and so uh, we started chapter twelve last week. And so, to, as we begin today, I'm going to do a little bit of a recap. So I'm going to read uh, verses one through eleven. And so, if you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hands. One of our ushers will bring you one. This will be our gift to you. Take it, keep it, read it. Uh, so I'm going to read the whole section that we're going to be in for the, for the next few weeks, and that's chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to make some comments that I made last week to give us further context, and then we're going to get into the four specific gifts, that those gifts being faith, healing, miracles, and discernment. A lot to cover today. And so now, concerning spiritual gifts, he says in verse 1, so concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. I would argue that many Christians are just simply uninformed when in regards to spiritual gifts. We either are uninformed because they scare us or we're uninformed because we've seen them maybe used in a, a not so uh, biblical way. And so we, we don't know what to do. I would say more in our day, we may be more confused in regards to the spiritual gifts. And so Paul is looking at a church and they're a young, growing, vibrant church, 40 to 80 people. They've come from pagan backgrounds, we're going to see here in a moment, uh, and, and they, they are uh, they're becoming Christians as they have questions regarding what it means to be on Team Jesus uh, and to have the gifts that God has given his people. And so Paul is writing to, to clear up some of that so they would have understanding. And this is what I hope that we get through this, this series as well. You know that when you were pagans, when you were not Christians, when you didn't know Jesus, didn't love Jesus, didn't follow Jesus, that you were led astray by mute idols, meaning you worshipped other gods, false gods, and you were led astray. I need you to see this. If you don't know, love, and worship Jesus alone, you've been led astray. That's what he is saying. He continues and says in verse 3, I want you to understand, therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. No one says Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The first thing we see about the spiritual gifts is that God, the Holy Spirit, must save you. You must get converted. You must be born again. The Spirit of God has to awaken your dead heart that you would believe. And he says this, and we, we, I'm not going to spend uh, a great length today, but I did in the last sermon about the fact that he's not just saying that you speak that Jesus is Lord with your lips, but rather you submit to Jesus as Lord in your heart. No, in order to believe in Jesus, you need God, the Holy Spirit, to convert you, to change you, to save you. 
And so this is what God has done to the, the, these Corinthian Christians. They were not Christians. They became Christians by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the greatest miracle, the best thing to know about spiritual gifts is their salvation available for all. People who are far off from God, people who don't walk with God, who, who, who weren't raised in a Christian home, didn't know Jesus, didn't follow Jesus, or following other religions. Jesus, there's a way for you to, to be converted by the power of the Spirit of God and join and be a adopted into the family of God. And we're going to celebrate some of that today because we're going to celebrate baptism in the service. This is what we're celebrating as God has adopted children into his family. And we're going to mark that with, the, the, with baptism, the sign of baptism that points back to Jesus. I got to keep going. Um, now there are a variety of gifts but the same spirit. So he says that you get saved, you get gifts. Every Christian has a gift. Some Christians have multiple gifts. Some Christians have one gift. Uh, some Christians have gifts for a season and, and then uh, other gifts for another season. It, but it, it's, it's, the same, it's the same spirit, the same God who gives the gifts. He gives them in a variety, meaning not just in isolation and one gift to everybody, but a variety of gifts. There are a variety of service, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them in everyone. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So God has given His church spiritual gifts for the common good. For the, He'll say later, I believe in chapter 14, it's for the building and edification of the church. That's why He's given gifts. It's for the mission to move forward, for the church to move forward in power. It's like when we got saved, we got adopted and drafted onto a team, and we need gifts to continue to move forward. I talked about last week, you know, a football team doesn't have only one gift. If they only have one, if they have a whole team, 11 men on the field or quarterbacks, they can throw the ball, may not be able to catch it, and definitely can't block. Like, it's going to be a disaster. But if you had a, a team, all offensive linemen, man, you could, you could, you know, great blocking, maybe have a little run game, but probably not going to be throwing long, deep passes. Uh, the reality is we are a team. God has, has, has called uh, 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 Christians into a family, onto a team, given them a mission, and uses different gifts to, to empower the mission moving forward. And so he's given gifts differently uh, to, to each in, individual for the common good. They're for the blessing, edification of others, building up of the church. For no one is given uh, through the Spirit, or so one, uh, for one is given through the Spirit utterance of wisdom. We talked about wisdom last week. And to another, the utterance of knowledge. We talked about knowledge last week. According to the same Spirit, another faith, which we'll talk about today, uh, by the same Spirit. Another gifts of healing, which we'll talk about today, uh, by the same Spirit. Another, the working of miracles, which we'll talk about today. Another, prophecy. We're going to skip that one for today, because there's a, Paul talks about it later in other chapters at length, and we're going to come back to that one. The other, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, which we're going to call that today discernment, uh, to discern between spirits, to distinguish between spirits. To another, variety, uh, various tongues. We'll get to that later. To another, interpretation of tongues. All these empowered by one in the same spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. God gives the gifts. We're the recipients. And so we're talking about the four, four gifts we're going to talk about today are uh, faith, healing, miracles, and discernment. So faith, let's get going. Here it is. Faith. 
So what I'm going to do today, I'm going to I'm going to explain these gifts. I don't have a lot of notes, but I have a lot to say. And so if you like, if you're a note taker, then you can jot down. If you're not a note taker, then you can listen. Uh, and if you want to refer back to anything I said, we record this stuff. We put it online, video and audio form for you to go back and listen to. But the the, the gift of faith, this is uh, uh, the gift of faith is is those. Is God gifts those, some people, uh, to have great confidence and power in the promises of God so that they can stand strong in their belief no matter what the circumstances. That's what the gift of faith is. Now, if you were a Christian, you have faith in Jesus. You have, you have faith. And if you're not a Christian, you still have faith in something. So this is not the ability to, to possess faith. This is the ability to have faith and confidence in God and God's promises, and God's word, God's will, God's way, no matter what the circumstances. Those are the gift of faith. They're really encouraging fe- people. They're like, the, they're the ones you go to when you're discouraged. You don't have faith. You're not trusting God. You know what God's word says, but you're like, I don't know if I believe that right now. I'm struggling. And so the, the, the gift of faith are, is, is those who are, who maybe not in all circumstances, but but in, in a lot of circumstances, they tend to show themselves to, to trust God in his word very deeply and profoundly. It's the, it's the, additionally, it's the, it's the ability to envision what needs to be done and, and then trust God to get it done. So a lot of times those with the gift of faith can be visionary type leaders where they, they see where God wants to take them in the church and they, they can see it, they can envision it, and they believe it. And they're like, we're going to do it. This is like Moses when God says, hey, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to go across the, re- the Red Sea. I'm gonna, we're going to part it with water. They're like, yeah, I believe that. I'm going to obey. And all of a sudden, the Red Sea parts, and God's people are walking on dry land. Or when uh, God tells them to, to, to put the, the uh, blood over their, their, their home, when the, pa- when the angel of death is going to pass over and he's going to save the, the, their, their, their firstborn sons, that's, that's an act of faith. Some guys are like, yeah, I believe that. I have no doubt, not worrying. God's going to come through. Some folks are struggling, but still they obey. See, what I'm saying here is the gift of faith is, is, is not the... Um, the willingness to obey, it's the, as you obey, man, you just have great confidence and trust. So all of God's people are to obey in faith. But sometimes those with the gift of faith just have this great confidence as they obey. And so they're, they're a great support on the team to help others while they're obeying. Just imagine this. Imagine this. You are, are in that moment where you have uh, the, uh, the, 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 the angel of death is going to pass over, and you, God tells you to put the, the blood over the, the doorpost of your house. You're like, okay, I'm doing it. And the guy next to you is like, yeah, I did it. I'm doing it. But, like, I'm struggling to believe. Like, is God going to do what he says? And the dude's like, yeah, man, for sure, 100%. You're like, man, I'm struggling. And then you, you ask him, you're struggling, okay, but did you do it? Yeah, I obeyed. Awesome. Watch God show up. You need to obey. Like the guy with the gift of faith doesn't say, oh, well, you're struggling with your faith. You should disobey God. Yeah, you know, only do what God says when you feel it. The gift of faith, the guy is like, no, do it, obey it. I'm going to pray that you get faith along the way. If not, like I'm going to have faith for us, and we're going to move forward uh, according to God's word, will, and ways. These are the people who stand up for the church and, 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 and have faith to de- defend and move forward in the middle of opposition. These people believe God. They believe God and therefore believe his word, even when things look grim. 
They're the guys who are like, man, there's, there's three seconds left in the fourth quarter. My team still has a chance to come back from 100 points down and win. Like, because I believe in miracles, which we'll get into later. They're like, I, I really believe God. He can part the Red Sea. He can raise the dead. He can heal. I believe him. Those with the gift of faith. Additionally, you see this in the life of Jesus. Uh, he has all the gifts. Uh, but it's really, it's awesome to see, if you think about it, when he has the, the, the disciples, he's about to leave, he's going to commission them to continue his mission, the Great Commission. Go, make disciples to the ends of the earth. Just keep going. Do it. He's looking at 12 guys. Well, actually 11 because, you know, Judas. But uh, he's looking at 11 guys. And he's like, I believe you can do it. I mean, just imagine. You're like, no, no, no. I've been watching you, Jesus. Seems like you're better for the job not me. Like, ah, and he says, yeah, you know what? I'm actually going to give you my Holy Spirit, the same spirit that empowered me for my life and my ministry. He's going to be in you, and you're going to accomplish great things. You're going to go do it. And just these, these 11 guys, I guess some of them were like, yeah, we're going to do it. Probably some of them were doubting like Thomas, and they're just sitting there, and Jesus is like, you know what? I trust God the Father. He's given, this is the mission. I'm going to impart my spirit to you, and it's going to get done. And he, and he hands over the mission of, of disciple-making to 11 guys who have not yet received the Holy Spirit yet. The Spirit comes and empowers them. And, and the reason why we're here today, you're a Christian today, is because Jesus commissioning his disciples, like they went, they believed it, they did it, and God accomplished great and mighty things through them. People got saved. They met Jesus. See, there's a confidence that can come from the power of the Holy Spirit and, and that came among the, the apostles, comes still among us to this day. See, we, this is the, uh, the, 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 we see this gift in, in people like Mary in, through the scriptures. You see it with, remember Mary, like she gets told by an angel that she's a virgin and, well, she knows that, but she gets told that uh, she's going to have a child and, and remain a virgin. And, and she goes, Yep, I believe you. And she sings a song. She believes. Just think about this. God shows up through an angel and says, hey, uh, you're going to have a child, and it's going to be the only one in human history to have a child this way. And uh, it's going to happen. Yep, she believed. This is a great gift of faith in that moment, Mary has. She has this great gift of faith to believe God for the impossible. When he declares it's going to happen. See, what she's not doing is just being wishful thinking. God shows up and says, hey, I'm going to do this. And she goes, yep, I believe you. That's faith. And that's a gift. Additionally, we see it with, with guys like Peter walking on water. That's awesome. He looks out and Jesus is walking on water and goes, if you can do it, I can do it. Because I, I'm with you. If you're Jesus, tell me to walk on the water and I'll go do it. And Jesus says, all right, come on. He jumps out of the boat. He walks on water. And then what happens when he starts to doubt, he starts to sink. When his faith starts to wane, like what I'm saying here with this gift is not that you have, you possess uh, the, 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 the great confidence that, uh, that Jesus had 100% of the time because there is still sin. But we're more like Peter. If you have the gift of faith, you jump out of the boat, you're walking in water, you, you start to sink, and Jesus got to lift you up. That's what the ministry kind of looks like for those who have the gift of faith. Some days it looks like they're walking in water, trusting God. Some days it looks like they're drowning. Either way, they know that if they drown, God will lift them back up. We see with guys like Abraham, when God told him to sacrifice his son Isaac, he believed that God would raise him from the dead or provide a sacrifice. Like We just see this over and over and over throughout the scriptures that God grants his servants, not all of them all the time, but, but this unique moment of intense, great faith to trust God in some crazy circumstances. 
In Acts uh, uh, 27, 25, it, it says Paul tells the church as he's leaving, um, and, and he might be going to, uh, to be executed. He tells them, take heart, men. I have faith that God will do exactly what you have been told. I have faith that in God to do what God says. See, this isn't just wishful thinking. This is going, what does God say? I'm going to take that to the bank. Additionally, when uh, Stephen in Acts chapter 6, when they chose uh, the, the, some of the deacons, they said Stephen was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. See, those with the gift of faith have this God-given confidence. And all Christians have faith. But this, 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 is, this gift is, is unique in that this God-given confidence often in the midst of in tough, impossible circumstances. So do you have this gift? Let me ask you some questions. Do you view obstacles? If you have this gift, perhaps you view obstacles as an opportunity. You see obstacles, you're like, this is an opportunity for God. Not me, not, for, not to boast, but God. I see this, this obstacle. God's going to show up. He needs to show up. It, it won't happen unless he shows up. And I have faith. Do you find yourself frequently boasting in the power of God and what you've seen him do? You're like, you've seen God do great things. You're like, man, I have faith that he can still do this. I'm just going to boast in God. See, those with the gift of faith must use it not only to edify the body, but glorify God with it. They're not going, I've seen God do great things. Look how cool I am. They're just like, no, I'm so not cool because I saw God do something. That's how you know you really saw God do something. If, if you think you're cool after it, then, you, then, then stop talking. Like you, if it's so cool, you're like, God is cool. Not you. Not you. Because it's, it's, it's cooler. God is cooler than you. Always. That's the answer. Do you, do you feel uh, motivated by new ministries? Do you see new opportunities, new ministries that come up, to new, new people to serve? And you're like, I have faith. I want to jump in on that. Do you find yourself feeling opposed to anyone who, who this is sometimes me, uh, feeling opposed to anyone who expresses some sort of, something that cannot be done or accomplished? Like, yeah, I just don't know if that can happen. I'm like, don't, like, don't say cannot. Like, God can. Like, let's, let's at least believe that. Do you find yourself just really like, not like hearing like, nope, that's an obstacle. Well, God can overcome that. And so do you find yourself, maybe this is you, do you find cr- other Christians coming to you when they face extremely overwhelming trials or a task? They come to you to borrow your faith. And they don't maybe use those words, but they come to you and they're like, hey man, can you pray for me? Uh, let's have hope together. I need some encouragement. I'm really struggling with my faith here. And I need you to see this. Even if you have the gift of faith, there are seasons which we all struggle to believe. We all struggle to believe. And that's why I go back to Peter who had this great feat of faith and he's walking on water and then like two minutes later he's, he's, he's sinking. So if you are like, man, I have the gift of faith but right now I don't have a lot. You need to know it's a gift. So the way we can cultivate this gift is, is, is number one, uh, is you should read God's word. <laughs> why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Period. If you're lacking faith, that's anyone in here. If you're lacking faith, you need more of God's word. Faith comes by hearing, according to Romans 10, and hearing of the word of God. So if you have the, the gift of faith, the more you hear the word of God, it's even, I mean, that's, that's like stoking the fire, the flame. Additionally, uh, books of the Bible, or, or particularly, I would, I would encourage you, if you, have, you think you have this gift, to study Hebrews 11. Study the life of these men and women, Hebrews 11. These were, known, these were all people known for their faith. Find them in Hebrews 11, then go find their story back in the Old Testament or wherever you, you see them in the scriptures, and you'll see like guys like Abraham had times where he's like, boom, faith. You'll see also times of Abraham where it's like 
fall on your face. Like, that's Abraham. And so it can be a real encouragement to you to see, like, these gifts are not superpowers that you wield all the time at your own pleasure. These are gifts God's given you. So sometimes even the great men and women of faith fall flat on their face and in ruin and folly. So we can learn from them how to avoid that, how to be humble. Third thing I would say for you if you were, uh, want to cultivate the gift of faith is to find ways to build others' faith. Look for ways to do that. You're like jumper cables on a car to help jumpstart their faith and encourage them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Next, healing, gift of healing. Now this is where uh, we might get bogged down a little bit, but for a moment, let's, let's just hear the definition of healing. The, the gift of healing is the ability to be used by God to heal the sick through supernatural means for the purpose of revealing God, the power of God, the majesty of God. Again, to point to Jesus is the point of all the gifts. And so, uh, uh, so that means that you pray for somebody and God heals them. That's a healing. But I need you to see this. You pray for someone, but God heals them. This is the big thing that we got to understand about the gift of healing. It's God who heals. I get real frustrated if, like, when Christians start to kind of think, like, man, I'm a healer. You're not. You might be a deceiver, but you, 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 you're not a healer. God is a healer. God is a healer. And God uses people to heal people. And we do not deny that. We believe that. We, we, we affirm that. But it is God who heals through his people. And, and sometimes, and oftentimes, we think that healing is only physical healing, which is really weird to me. It's, it's, it, and this is why I think a lot of Christians uh, reject spiritual gifts, especially supernatural gifts of healing. They're like, it's only physical healing. Have you ever been healed of an emotional trauma? You, he, you see that happen all the time. And you're like, well, the gifts have ceased. People with emotional trauma, they get healed, but that doesn't count because it's not, you know, not the real healing it's not like blind having sight it's just crazy to me how how the caveats will give for god uh but rather like seeing physical healing yes awesome but emotional healing is just as necessary mental healing spiritual healing there's all types of healing that god's people need and that god heals so jesus his ministry was marked by healing like it, was, it, it was marked by it. It wasn't the focus of it. The focus of the healing uh, of his ministry was to show who he was. He's God. He's got to go to the cross to die in our place for our sins. That's the, that's the big idea. Along the way, he heals. He heals people. And so what we don't see, and, and, and so many of you will think about healing, and you only think of the maybe crazy circus type things that you, you might envision of like rolling everyone up, and we're just like doing duck, duck, heal. Like, that's not what Jesus's ministry was like. There's times where people like, were like trying to get through the crowd just to touch Jesus to get healed. There's a lot of times where people were bringing people to him in order to be healed. It's very rare, and, 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 that, and, and it wasn't ever Jesus going, hey, let's set up a, let's set up a line so I can just start healing people. We see the disciples start to organize stuff like that, but Jesus is oftentimes, man, hey, I'm going to heal you. Don't tell anybody. He's not like, hey, I'm healing you. You should go tell everybody so we can start this televangelist ministry and people can fund it. Like, he doesn't do this. And so what I would like th to see in the church is that when we see God do the things that God does, we continue to model the same strategy that Jesus has when operating the gifts. It shouldn't be a circus. and It shouldn't be a show. 
Is it a show that someone got healed? Absolutely. Is it miraculous? Yes. But is the point of it the healing? No, the point is Jesus. And so some of you may have seen fake healings. You may, I've known people that have been a part of fake healings. I just lied about that. Like, and so one of the things we need to understand is that uh, uh, healings must be affirmed, or sorry, uh, they, they must be verified. Like, and so I would just say if someone says, they, I believe you're healed, well, you, and, and you have cancer, you should probably still go to the doctor to verify that like, you got healed of cancer, right? Like, you should. And so that's not a bad thing. It's someone, if God heals you and you show up in the, and, and it's gone, then awesome, praise be to God. But you have evidence that God healed you. God healed you. So oftentimes individuals uh, in the scriptures would bring people to Jesus. Bring people to Jesus. And, and sometimes they would, the guy who's being brought to Jesus didn't have any faith that Jesus would heal him. The friends did. We saw Jesus heal in response to that. Uh, but there, there was a time, however, when Jesus didn't heal. You see this, Jesus didn't heal everybody. Jesus doesn't heal everybody. Still to this day, God doesn't use people to heal everybody. There was a time where Jesus had been healing, casting out demons in the morning, all day, went to bed, went, to, went up on the mountain, prayed at night, came back down from the mountain that day. The disciples found him and said, hey, Jesus, where have you been? We got a bunch of people out here that need to be healed, getting demons cast out. He goes, no, nope, not today. Not going to heal them. I got to go to Jerusalem to die on the cross. I got a mission. I got to go. I got to preach the gospel. I got to go there. So Jesus passes up a big healing ministry opportunity because he, he had to go do what the Father wanted him to do. And so I need us to see that healings are real. God still uses people to heal others. But, but even with Jesus' ministry, this wasn't a healing on demand ministry. And so uh, the, the disciples wanted God to do something and he didn't. Furthermore, we see things with a, a guy like the Apostle Paul who healed people and then had a thorn in his own flesh. Cried out to God three times, Lord Jesus, please remove this. And Jesus said no. So just because you have the gift of healing doesn't mean that God doesn't say no. You're not, the, you're not God. Those with the gift of healing still got to be in submission to the will and lordship of God. Sometimes God uses you. Sometimes he says no. And so those with the gift of healing uh, can get real frustrated if they don't also have someone who has faith alongside of them to show them, like, hey, there's other times in the Scriptures where God says no to some of these things, and it's still okay. God's still God. He's still good. This is where the gifts work together. Like if you have the gift of encouragement or the gift of wisdom or, or knowledge that like we talked about last week, that can come alongside someone who, who has a, had a failed healing, and their, their faith is rocked. We've got to work together. See, I think many people think and assume that this gift of healing must assume that it's a heal-on-demand type of ministry. It's not true. The, even those in the Scriptures who have verified healing accounts did not see that. The example is the Apostle Paul. The example, the willingness of Jesus to say, no, I'm not going to heal in this moment. But we do believe in healings. But we do believe healings. If we want to talk about, man, it's a real healing, it should be verified. It should be ver verified. All the New Testament healings are Verified. Additionally, this New Testament, uh, or the New Testament speaks to healings continuing in the life of the church um, in, in passages like James 5. And so he says this in James 5, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer uh, of faith will save the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. 
See, this is one of these gifts or the ways that this gift is used in the, in the New Testament that I'm just shocked that most churches don't do. People have all these healing ministries, and I'm like, where are the, the whole call the elders thing? See, oftentimes churches will do, will go, the elders go, hey, I have the, you know, we, we have this verse, so let me go find you and just like start dumping oil on you and you get healed. What it says is if you're sick, you should call them. Why? Because you're the one who's having faith that God can heal. You're like, I believe this verse and I need healing. So I'm going to call the elders up. I'm going to have the elders come over and they're going to anoint me with oil. And as weird as I think that is, I believe it because God's word says it. I believe there's healing. We've seen, though, this is an active ministry we do at the well, but we just don't broadcast it. We're not like, hey, healing ministry going on. Uh, we, we don't broadcast it like it's like, you know, healing's on sale. Get, you know, buy one, get one free today. Like, it's just, it is a ministry we do. But we do believe that it is the, it, you should, if you're sick or you need prayer or you need healing, you should, you should call the elders. Not that the elders are looking around for, we pray for everyone who's sick, we do all this, but, but if you're like, no, come, I want, I want you to come pray for me, anoint me with the oil, I want you to do James 5. Man, it's nothing crazy, we believe in it. We've seen people heal, we've seen things happen, we've seen God do things. Like we've done it here, where it's like we didn't even have oil, we found a pantry in the back and found some oil. Like it's nothing magical, nothing spiritual, no, it's spiritual, but it's not anything uh, uh mystic or weird it's just obedience to god and his word it's not us who heals it's not the oil who heals it's not our uh, the, the amount of faith we have that heals it's god who chooses to heal he says do it we say okay we believe that we're gonna do it we see it some of you have have, have, have experienced some sort of uh, relief and healing uh because someone felt compelled to pray for you in the middle of our response songs or it, just stories you, we see this stuff happening God can use others to heal people uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Sometimes we, we see that. You're like, there's bitterness in someone's heart. And then God, through prayer, someone prays over you and the bitterness is gone. Like, you don't have bitterness anymore. Like, sometimes you th we th Christians think that physical healing is way better than healing from bitterness. Bitterness can destroy your life. Bitterness is what Satan has. I would much... That's, that's all, like I would rather you be healed of bitterness than maybe some ailment. Because one is gonna, can rob my soul of a, of a vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit still heals. He heals bitter souls. He forgives broken hearts. He, he mends uh, those who are emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually wounded and need healing. He still works this you have this gift? Maybe you, maybe you, and, and, and maybe you have deep compassion for some, those who are sick. You're like, I am so emotionally connected to those who are sick, those who are in need. I love to email them. I love to call them. I love to pray for them. I wonder who they are. I want to I visit them. I want to encourage them. I'm drawn to them. I love praying for them. Maybe you have this gift. Maybe you have a deep conviction that God can just heal anyone and it's combined with the gift of faith and you're just like, I'm looking around for who can I pray for? Who can I, who can I draw near to? Who can I love? Who can I serve? How can I pray? How can I... Can, can we see God heal them? I'll say this last thing on healing, uh, or in regard to maybe you have the gift of healing. I, I, I would say that if you have the gift of healing, you should also be longing for Christ's return. And so that, that this is my encouragement. If you long for Christ's return, because you know that one day that all healing will be final. Like there is a day coming where he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. There will never be any crying, pain, or suffering anymore. Those former things will have passed away at that point, 
and then from here on forward, all things will be made new. That is what we are told in the scripture. Those who have the gift of healing, I, I believe, like long for that day. So they're like, God, can we get a taste of that now? But we really long for the real day, the real thing, the long-term healing, the, the temporary healing. It's awesome. It's cool. It gets us from point A to point B, maybe to C. But we want the real deal, ultimate, forever, final healing. New heavens, new earth. So if this is your gift, you, maybe you got it. Ways to cultivate it. Pray for people more. <laughs> and never boast in yourself. Maybe cultivate a private prayer ministry where you're praying for people. You're seeing God work, glorifying Him. Journaling. Maybe join prayer teams when we have them. You know, keep a prayer journal. I would encourage you to continue to read and study books like Acts in the Bible, but not prescriptive, but descriptive. Like, see, what, it, what is it, what, meaning, what does the Bible describe the healings? Not like, oh, he said this, I got to go do that. Oftentimes the Bible's just descriptive about what God's doing, not necessarily, hey, go do this. If he says go do this, you go do this, but, but most of it's prescriptive, or sorry, descriptive. Additionally, if you get to see, by God's grace, someone healed, man, point to Jesus. Point to Jesus, that's my encouragement. Kind of in the same lines uh, is miracles. So that's, we, got, we got miracles next. Miracles is, God, is the ability to call on God to do supernatural acts to reveal his power. Miracles are, are where God shows up in some extraordinary way that you can't account for. You're like, just, I don't know what happened. God did something. So healing or can, can, can encompass a lot of things, but miracles are just like these things that you're like, no one can identify what this is. It doesn't make sense. Scientific, it just doesn't make sense. Examples would be uh, uh, casting out demons. Um, we talked about already the virgin birth with Mary, miraculous. Walking on water, pretty crazy. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, pretty crazy. Uh, and you're like, that's a miracle? Yeah, it was, but uh, to the destruction of a people. So miracles don't always heal people. Sometimes they show God's judgment. Um, uh, Jesus raising from the dead, raising Lazarus from the dead, all these, the, these, these resurrections, miraculous miracles. Jesus taking a kid's lunch and feeding 5,000 with it, miracle. Um, Old Testament, we see, we already spoke to, like the parting of the Red Sea, miraculous. Uh, all of these things are, 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 are miraculous. Mir- these are miracles. These are, these are, God shows up in an extraordinary way, demonstrating his power. And so I want to say this, miracles are not common. That's why they're called miracles. Like if they were common, then you would call them like, you know, Tuesday. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, Sunday, like it's just afternoon, pick me up. You know, like I got a miracle today. No, miracle is not regular. It's uncommon. So you're like, I don't see them a lot. That's why they're called miracles. Like it's not, it's miraculous. And so uh, we do hold the position that God can do anything he wants to do. If he wants to do something miraculous, it's, it's awesome. And he can do it. And, and oftentimes he uses people to do those things. Someone prays, someone gets healed. Like uh, we, some of the things we've already spoken to. It's important for me, though, for our church to maintain the belief that miracles happen and teach that miracle, teach the miracles of Jesus, teach them to our kids, our grandkids, and our great-grandkids. Uh, even 
teach of what God did in the Old Testament because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The reason being is because we live in a supernatural, crazy world. There is Satan, there is demons. We're talking about that when we get to discernment here in a moment. And sometimes there are counterfeit miracles that the enemy does. And so what we'll go is like, how did that happen? Well, Christians should understand that we have a worldview that believes in the miraculous, signs and wonders. We're not scared by them. We can understand them. And so when things don't make sense to the modern world and the atheist is like, ah, that's impossible. You're like, that's funny you think that. But uh, since the beginning of time, like our God's been doing the impossible. So we, we, we believe that. And if we get to see him, praise be to God. With that said, we don't chase miracles. We don't chase, with the, the new t- uh, in, the, in the Gospels, oftentimes miracles refer to as, quote, signs and wonders. And, and God actually, Jesus rebukes uh, the, those in, in Luke 11 and 29, he says, the wicked, a wicked and adulterous generation seek for a sign. He said, this whole generation is wicked and adulterous who are just seeking for signs. See, some people just want Jesus' power. They don't want Jesus. They want miracles. They don't want Jesus. We saw earlier in 1 Corinthians that the Jews seek for signs, the Greeks for, for, for wisdom. And so some people just want to see the supernatural. They just want to see the spiritual. They want to see the show. They want to see the grand, majestic, powerful signs and wonders. And Jesus rebukes a people for seeking the signs. So signs and wonders and, and miracles, they're literally, that's what they are. They're, sign, they're like, it's a sign, like on the side of the road, like you see a billboard that says, hey, Bucky's 35 miles. You're like, yes, this is awesome. If you're not from Texas, then you need to drive any highway for a long time until you see the sign and then stop where it says Bucky's is great right miracles better than that even because Bucky's is awesome miracles are greater than that there's a sign that says Jesus he's the miracle worker he's the great one he's the one we know we love we trust we follow we obey it's Jesus and so it's like here's the sign exit right now and receive Jesus so when Jesus shows up and he heals people it's like trust in me don't just walk around with the experience the miracle worship me miracles were designed to point us to jesus so that we would trust in jesus miracles also show that jesus was god so when we see miracles they don't show that we're god they show that jesus is still god and that he works among us and is and he's making his might available for us to witness and see and so while we, we don't seek signs and wonders, we do believe they're present. I'll say this, we believe miracles are present among God's people. They may not be frequent, but they are present. Guess where miracles are not present? Apart from God's people. Like they aren't. Like where, where would miracles be present? The family of God, the church of God, like God's people moving forward. It's the, it, this is the ministry given to the church. We don't talk about this publicly often, but I will today. I talked to the elders and, and, and all three of our children. We, each, one of, each elder family has at least one child that should not be here today other than a miracle. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. Like that's not wasn't a qualification, but it's something that happened. Um, like Pastor Alex, he was the first one. His oldest son uh, had complications with the delivery. Uh, son was without oxygen for far too long, and uh, he's perfectly fine, normal, healed, miraculous, like it is just stops the world. I think, wow, how, how, God, you showed up. Like we can't account for it. God, you showed up. My youngest son, Knox, was born with a rare skin disease. 
Doctors didn't think he would make it. They'd never seen about this sickness. They never. Uh, they didn't even know it existed. They only read about it in literature. And the surgeon and the doctor, they only knew about it from like, like reading about it being a possible thing. Never seen it. Didn't know if he, that he was going to make it. Five surgeries later, he's alive and well. He's actually in surgery right now for something totally different, and so we'll be praying for him. But, uh, uh, that, but he, God, as a young baby, like we saw him do some miraculous things in his life. So we're still believing those today. Like we saw it. Uh, the doctors also saw abnormalities in Pastor Jonathan's daughter when she was in the womb. The doctors uh, recommended, this is how awesome our healthcare is, they, they, they recommended abortion. Um, that was a joke. It's not awesome. It's awful. Uh, they recommended, they, hey, terminate. And they said, no, we trust God. Uh, uh, but they said, okay, well, then that's fine. You will just miscarry. Like, we'll, we'll take that if that comes, if that's the Lord's will. Okay, well, worst case, like, it, it's easy, if miscarry is going to happen, or you're going to have a stillbirth. Well, that child today is happy, running around our church, smiling, healed. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. See, it's God who knits people together in the womb. It's not us. It's not science. God, it, science is what we use to disp- explain what God does. God is the author of life. He's the one who's knitting people together in womb. Some of you have had uh, seen miracles in that your womb was open where it couldn't be open, kind of like Abraham and Sarah. They needed a miracle. God has restored some of your marriages miraculously. You're like, hey, if you saw us prior to you know, meeting you, you would know like God works miracles. Some of you have been, you've seen addictions overcome. You've seen God show up and you can't describe it. It's just only God did it. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. We believe in them. We've seen them, but we don't chase them. We chase Jesus. We chase Jesus. Because the greatest miracle of all, if you're a Christian today, you've experienced it. You're a Christian. You were dead in your sin. Now you've been made alive in Christ. You think Lazarus raising from the dead was pretty cool? What's even cooler is that you get raised to eternal life with Jesus forever. The greatest miracle is that Jesus saves sinners. Spiritually dead become alive. They're literally born again. Salvation is a great miracle and work of God. If the Spirit of God doesn't intervene and save a soul and cause them to be born again, that's what Jesus tells Nicodemus, then, then, then they're helpless. We need the God, the Holy Spirit, to show up and do miracles. We still believe in miracles. We se- we're going to celebrate those today with baptism. Lastly, discernment. The spiritual gift of discernment is the ability to quickly perceive whether people, things, or ideas, or events are from God or Satan. You're like, hey, I saw that happen. What just happened? Is this God or is this Satan? Another way to say it is, it's the wisdom to recognize the truth from the counterfeit by correctly evaluating whether it's a behavior or a teaching is from God or from an ungodly source. Discernment. Uh, so the reality is that there, there are Satan and demons and they counterfeit what God creates. They're false teachers, there's false prophets, there's false Christians. And so discernment, uh, as we see in 1 Corinthians 12, or, or distinguishing of the spirits, this is the ability to distinguish between the Holy Spirit and unholy spirits. To say, this is true, that's a lie. This is the work of God and angels or Satan and demons. Like, this is, this is what discernment is. It's not, I'm using the term discernment to refer to the distinguishing of the spirits, which is the, the gift that is, is talked about here. Not necessarily the discernment between, like, which clothes should I wear tomorrow? Like, what I'm saying is, is that there is a gift that you can discern, but is this from God or is this, is this not from God? 
And so uh, those with the gift of discernment are more readily and, and quickly able to call to mind and evaluate a circumstance. Sometimes it's like they, they feel like they have a hunch or a feeling. See, I'm not a feeling guy. Like I, I'm not a big, like, I, I have feelings for sure. But what I'm saying is I don't like make decisions based off of feelings primarily. It's like, man, what am I thinking? Am I analyzing? But, but in, in times where I'm like, like, I feel like the Spirit is giving me discernment, it's going, man, I feel something about this. And I'm like, this is real weird because I'm not it, this guy. So I, I, I pay attention. I listen up. Like, and, I, and I start to ask, like, what's going on here? God, I'm praying. I'm, I'm more aware. I'm, I'm, I'm fine-tuned, thinking into to, to, to distinguishing between the spirits. What is God doing? So it's a test. It's a wait. It's a pray. It's, it's don't make, you, you need action to intel. You don't just go heretic, you know, like you, you, you got you to, just because you have a hunch doesn't mean it's real. You got to discern. You got to test. You got to prove you need validation before you, you know, shoot the wolf like they got to actually be a wolf or else you're just you know poaching and don't do that and so sometimes god will will, will create a circumstance and environment where uh, uh or, or allow for a circumstance and environment where you see you're, you're having to discern is this good is this from the lord it seems like it it might not be it seems a little deceptive seems like a counterfeit and so you trust the structures that god gives in the scripture to 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 protect the sheep to uh to, to seek wisdom discernment and if it's an evil person you, yeah you, you purge them we don't play their game but but there, there there is a real reality that god's church needs this discerning between spirits because we see in the new testament you see even in our day to day that there will be people who come into the church that are looking to deceive the christians to deceive the sheep to lead them astray false teachers false prophets like there are like there are, like anyone who doesn't like like trust in the the, the god of the bible and then wants you to follow any other God, like that's a false teacher. Some of those are really easy to, to pay attention to. But sometimes it's like, oh, that kind of sounds right. It's kind of sound. It's just, it feels confusion. There's confusion. There's blurry lines. And you're like, you need the gift. You need, you need discernment to go, is this truth? Is this error? What does God's word say? This is a real gift. It's a real gift that can really help the church discern between truth and error. We see some of these things in, this, in, in the Old Testament. You see it with like uh, Moses when he, cre- when he has a staff and he turns it into a snake. Miraculous, right? But then what is, what is, what is Pharaoh's uh, magicians, what do they do? They take their two staffs and turn them into snakes. So, they, so they, there's a counterfeit miracle. There's counterfeit mi- miracles. Uh, Satan and demons do, do miracles. So if you're just looking at them and you're going, miracle, miracle, are they on the same team? Like, No. Discernment, discernment between the spirits goes, one is real and, and one is a counterfeit. One is godly, one is demonic. And the way God gives us the, the clarity on this with, with Moses is that his staff eats up the other two, which is crazy. And no one ever talks about this because it goes from three staffs to one staff and that one staff didn't get bigger. Like this is a miracle too. Like it's crazy. Like I'm more, I'm more blown away by the fact that their, their staff disappeared than it turned into a snake. It's wild. But see, this is what discernment does. It, it eradicates it. It clears the, the way for what the truth is. It's like there's just one truth. We now see it when we have the gift of discernment. We have discernment. Can, it can see through the lie of the counterfeit. And so we see it with Jesus' ministry. He had discernment uh, with, with Satan tempting him in the, in the wilderness, twisting the scriptures, attacking him uh, with the scriptures, Jesus wielding the scriptures back, discerning the truth from error, and, 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 and telling, speaking the truth of, of the word of God. Furthermore, Jesus was even able to discern when Peter was acting kind of satanic, when, he, when Peter was like, hey, Jesus, you don't need to suffer and die on the cross. Like, we got you, bro. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. He's saying, Peter, that, that's, what you're saying is demonic. 
with this, sometimes Christians can be led astray by lies. They need other Christians that, with discernment to go, nope, that's a lie, bro. Stop going that way. Let's get back on the track of Jesus. It doesn't mean that every Christian who tells a lie or is believing a lie uh, or is in foolishness and folly or is a heretic. Yet, if they keep going, they might be. This is where Christians come in, discernment, hey, that's a lie. Let's get you back on the path of Jesus. And so, do you have this gift? Are you, are you someone who, he, you hear the Bible taught, and you're like, you can quickly go, man, that sounds off. I'm here. That's a bad teacher. That's a false teacher. That verse is out of context. That doesn't make sense. No, nah, that's the wrong guy. Don't trust him. Like, are you able to discern that quickly? Or do you, do you have a solid understanding of the Scripture where you, where you love the Bible, you're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you're, like, you're able to discern when you hear something where that fits into God's Word? Uh, or are you someone who like reads a new book, a bestseller, or watch a TV show, and you're able to quickly discern the message and go, man, what's their agenda? What's going on here? I see the counterfeit here, or I see the truth here. How can I expose that? How can I bring that out? How can, how can, we, can we speak to that? Perhaps you have the gift of discernment. And so there's, a, uh, there's this reality that, that God's people um, are, are often accused by Satan night and day. So we're told in, in Revelation that, the, that he, the enemy accuses the saints night and day, tells them lies. We need the gift of discernment to, to encourage the body to stop believing false things, false truths, different spirits, different uh, 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 lies that would discourage, rob, steal the joy of the believers. And so we, discernment helps us come in, not only protect from false teachers, but also encourage believers who are maybe in, in, in a faith crisis and they, or, or, they're, or they're believing something that's false or they're headed in the wrong direction. It's the, it, the sermon helps correct, get us back on the path of following Jesus. And so this is the gift for the church, for the church. To be able to identify false miracles and go, hey, that wasn't really Jesus. This is what the Word of God says. So if you have this gift, way to cultivate that is to read and study God's Word. Know the character of God. Know the patterns of God. Uh, and that's what I mean by this. If, if you feel like you have the gift of discernment, I would encourage you to be more about biblical theology than systematic theology. What I mean by that is uh, those with the gift of discernment need to be able to, to not get wrapped up in the systematic approach to it, to be able to go, no, 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 I've seen God work here in, in, in this way, and, I can, he, and understand him, how he's working here this way. It's the ability to discern at a, at a biblical level what God is doing and what's going on. Those of you who have like the gift of knowledge, maybe systematic theology is your thing, but I would encourage those who have the gift of discernment to be to focus more on, on a biblical theology, knowing uh, their Bible really well, seeing the patterns of God, the character of God fleshed out from Genesis to Revelation, and then it'll better help you use that gift. Next, if you have the gift of discernment, you must be, this is all Christians, but particularly for you, uh, you must fight sin, or you're going to be a false teacher, heretic yourself. Like you're, you're very spiritual, you want to follow the Spirit, but you need to follow the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you, sin keeps you from God, clouds your judgment. Uh, and so, you know, we see guys like Samson in the, in the Scriptures. He was strong and great. He had a great gift, but he was led astray by temptation, and it, like, destroyed his life. Discernment is a gift that can destroy you if you're not tethered to the Word of God and you're not fighting your sin. So, we got four gifts. I'm, I'm over time that I, to, that I told the team I would be. But I'm on time from every other sermon, so I think we're good. All of these gifts, as we see, all of these gifts, they point to Jesus. They point to Jesus. I hope you, and they're, 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 they're to be used by the body to edify, encourage the body to do what? Worship, look like, act like, reflect Jesus. He is the one we worship. 
That's the big idea. The big idea is Jesus. And so we've, we have a great privilege today to be built up. And we have been built up. We've sung songs. We've heard the word of God proclaimed. We're about to respond in communion uh, where we get to look at the, our union with Christ because of his death on the cross. Uh, and then we're going to get to go celebrate and see life change in baptisms. We're going to get to be edified in a, in a variety of ways. So I want to conclude with this. While, we, while we've been, we've, today we've seen the gift of faith, we've looked at that today. When we go see baptisms, what we're going to see is we're going to see the gift of, of faith on display. We're going to see faith on display. And it's exactly what we looked at, faith in action. Individuals today who are going to be baptized are going to be declaring to the watching world, I belong to Jesus. Jesus has saved me. My faith is in Jesus. I don't trust in anyone else for my salvation, but I trust in Jesus. So we get to see faith on display through baptism. Additionally, we're going to get to see the testimony of healing through baptism. This is, this is what, what we're going to see today is that those who are being baptized, they're going to get a sign. Baptism is a sign that points to the spiritual healing salvation. We're going to get to see that. The baptism is a sign that says, don't look at the one who's being baptized. That's awesome. But look to Jesus. He's healed them, spiritually healed them, which is a miracle, which we've also talked about today. We're going to get to see uh, that there are real miracles today. Perhaps maybe someone in here today, you walked in here not a Christian, you want to become a Christian. We might get to see a live miracle today uh, as one converted. Additionally, we're going to, which leaves us with, with discernment. Baptism is going to show to us those who are being baptized have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They've been adopted onto Team Jesus. They've rejected ungodly spirits, and, they, and they've rejected lies, and they believed the truth. God has allowed them to discern between truth and error and believe what is right. So I want to be clear. As we go celebrate, we get to sing songs in response, go to the communion table, go see baptisms. I want us to see all of these things were given to us to build our faith and to point us to Jesus. It's him who we worship. So as you, as you sing, worship Jesus. As you take communion, worship Jesus. As you see those be baptized, worship Jesus. So I'll end with this. If you're not a Christian, I have an offer for you today. The same offer that I've received that many other people have received, they've become Christians. The offer to you, anyone who's not a Christian today is, is to become a Christian today. And here's the good news. Here's the news. Jesus is God. He's Savior, Lord. He's died in your place for your sins. He's resurrected from the dead, proving he is God. He's conquered Satan, sin, death in the grave. He has, he has now given his people a mission to continue to tell the world of who he is because he wants to set you free. Be free today. Trust in Jesus. Leave all others. Put your faith in him. That's your response. Give him your sin. Give him your life. Give him your allegiance. Give him everything. Receive his righteousness. Receive his salvation. Receive his spirit and be baptized today. If that's something that God is calling you to do, you're like, I'm not planning to do that. Well, we planned. We got close. We can baptize you today. So if that's you and Jesus has saved you and you want to be baptized or you're a Christian and you're like, I've never been baptized. I'm just hearing about it. I want to be baptized. We have a prayer team that will be available to talk to you about that. So when everyone's taking communion, if, you, if God is working on your heart, you want to be baptized, go talk to the prayer team. They'll be in the back. Furthermore, if you are being baptized today, when everyone stands up, I want you to go ahead and go change, get ready, so that uh, you, you can be ready for baptism here after, after service. But for the rest of us who are Christians, you know, love, and trust Jesus, uh, and you've been baptized, then we're going to respond to the taking of communion. Communion is all about Jesus. 
all about what Jesus has done for you. Dying in your place for your sins. So the bread represents his body. The, the cup represents his blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. So if you're a Christian, come to the table as we respond. Celebrate what Jesus has done. If you're not a Christian, I really encourage you to become one. But if you don't want to even do that, then just abstain. Watch what God is doing and, and, and bear witness to all the things that God is doing among you today. And to those getting baptized, man, it's going to be an honor to celebrate that with you. Let me pray. And then we're going to respond in taking communion or heading back to be prayed for, to be baptized. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for what you've done in and through your church. We get to celebrate new life. We get to celebrate salvation. We get to celebrate that you are Lord, that you're Savior, that you're King, that you're on your throne, that you're ruling, that you're reigning, that you're returning, that your spirit is alive, your spirit is working, your spirit is granting faith, your spirit is healing, you're still working miracles and the miracles of salvation. We get to celebrate today. Furthermore, you've given your, your, your church discernment to figure out what's true, what's lies, so we can follow you. You've not left us alone. You, you've drawn near to us. You're helping us. You're equipping us. We have the presence of God with us. We're adopted into the family of God. We are the king's kids. We love it. Thank you. Now, as we respond, Jesus, may we worship you for all those things, giving you the glory and honor. Let's do your name. Amen.